welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. I'm Mario Pereca. I'm here once again with Ela Crane. And I want to remind everyone to visit us at peacefulease.com for more all about the show. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that there. Email us. Hello at peacefulease.com is the email address. And Ela brought up a great topic that I can't wait to dive into today. It's one of my favorites. It's amazing the topics she comes up with and throws my way that they just resonate so much because it's something I talk about a lot in all areas of my life. And that is the topic of silence, but more specifically, the fear of silence, which I think is just absolutely fascinating to dive into because I really never thought about the quote-unquote fear of silence until you brought that up, Ela, and now it just makes so much sense when I think about it, and I have so many things that I want to talk to you about around this topic. You're right, Mario, because until a few days ago, I didn't think about it either. What happened was I was coming to the office, and I got an Uber, and it was a long day, and I wanted to, I needed some silence. And I asked the driver if he could just turn the music off and he seemed to just like he gave me that look (laughs) like he didn't like the idea and he said like is there anything you want me to play I said uh just silence and he was like what about some classical music I was like no not really it's like he said like okay fine but I could tell he wasn't pleased with it But he's turned it off, and I think it was three or four minutes into the silence when he said, can I please play something? (laughs) And I was like, okay, if you really need to. And he said, I really can't stand the silence. And I thought, wow, because whatever is happening in his mind, in his head is Maybe not silence, but so loud that he needs to listen to something else. I don't know. Maybe it was just real silence that he experienced, which when I experienced is a good experience, but maybe for him it wasn't. And then that made me think of the moments we all suppress silence. For example, we go home and we turn the radio on or the television on, even though we are going to the kitchen to cook. Is it just a habit or is there something that we are not so eager to hear? And it includes me because I used to listen to a lot of audiobooks. I still do. I love it. But I think the reason why I listen to them has changed. In the past, I was listening to them more like to not to hear my own daily thoughts, which I thought were not so 
impressive or not so interesting. And I was listening to more interesting stuff. So that was like, I rather feed my brain with knowledge or wisdom or stories than just hear this to-do list in my head. Whereas now when I listen to audiobooks, it's just a choice. It's not a reason for suppression. And that made me just wonder, what is about the silence that can really disturb us? It's a great question. One of the things that happens to me a lot that I notice is I will be sitting in my office and, you know, either editing podcasts or working on something. And then there comes a time after I'm done with that, that nothing's coming into my headphones. It's completely just silent as I'm uploading things or typing something or whatnot. And what's amazing is a lot of the times I won't even notice. I will just be plugging away. I'll be focused. I'll be doing my thing. And then I'll look up 10, 15 minutes later and be like, why am I sitting here in silence? I just don't even think about it. And I just keep doing what I'm doing. And at that point, I'm like, I need to put on some music or I need to put on an audio. And it's not that I need to hear music because a lot of times I don't put on music, but I'll put on, like you said, an audio book or a podcast because I almost feel like if I'm not consuming something, I'm wasting time because I could be learning something and I'm not. And I think that that's maybe not the best approach. That's something that I think in today's digital age, where information is inundating us from all different angles, we almost feel like we need to always have something there occupying our attention or feeding us something. And I think that silence is such a valuable... I learned a lot about silence when I did sensory deprivation, like float therapy. When you get in those tanks and there's no sound, and you can't see anything, and you're floating, and you're in there for an hour. And the first couple times I did it, it was a little bit scary, because you see all those thoughts that come into your mind, and you, because of all of the extraneous things that happen to us on a daily basis that's out there, the music, the videos, the internet, the phones, all of those things, we don't recognize what's really going on inside our minds until that's all we have to look at. And that's a really, really powerful thing when you see that, and you're able to process it because you have no choice, right? When you're in that tank, like if you meditate on a consistent basis, like you do, then you deal with it intentionally in an intentional way and you recognize it and you sort it, right? Correct. And I can relate to that kind of wanting to not waste time and wanting to learn more and improve or But I would like to kind of give my perspective right now, which is an alternative. It's not right or wrong. It's just an alternative. Is that if I go for a walk and I love hiking, and when I go for a walk, I feel like if I wear my headphones and listen to a podcast, which sometimes I do, but I feel like I'm missing out. I'm missing out hearing the birds tweet, the wind. I'm missing out the maybe noises from the, like I hike in Griffith Park a lot, the noises coming from the city up towards the hills or the crickets or other people coming towards me. Not I can't see them yet, but normally I can hear them. And that's even that is like a kind of sense and experience. And to a degree that I feel like if I wear sunglasses, I'm even not seeing the reality, which is silly. But I would like to see the colors as they are, including their brightness. And when I wear sunglasses, I feel they are changing the truth 
in a way. So the hikes I go to, they've become this almost like religious experience where I feel like connecting with my surroundings so deeply as if I grow tentacles and reach out to all the flowers, the trees, the rocks, the stones, the pebbles, the people, the animals around me, and we connect. And when I put my headphones on, this connection is not there. Something else happens. It's funny because if I go on a trail and listen to a podcast and then go hike there again, even if I'm not listening to anything, I remember what I was listening. So it just becomes a different experience. And you connect that listening to that story or podcast or audiobook with that hike. So it's just different. But I think what's important here, not to be disturbed by either, but maybe to be open to both or even other experiences. For instance, I give you another one. After a meditation retreat in Scotland, I went back to our house in Berlin and I was sitting in a terrace and reading a book. And my husband came up and he said, what are you doing there? Are you crazy? And I said, what? I was like, I'm just reading a book. And he was like, don't you hear the noise? And right next to me was a wall like that belonged to the next building. And they were drilling something on the other side. And that was so loud. But for me, it was just a noise. It's not that I didn't hear it. It's not that I blocked it. But it was more like, here's another sound. The birds make a sound. This drill machine makes a sound. The wind is a sound. My thoughts are another sound. And here is just, here I am. So that experience is very unique. And then it's like silence is like a vessel that connects you to your environment and to whatever is happening inside of you. Silence is powerful. I think a lot of people see silence as emptiness or the lack of noise or sounds. But I would say that silence, you know, I like to look at it as a thing just like sounds. You have sounds and you have silence. And when you add the silence with the sounds, that's what actually creates the sounds, right? We t- I think we've talked about that in the past where like one of my favorite quotes ever is I heard a musician say, without silence, there would be no music because there would just be one continuous sound. And so silence, I don't think is emptiness. I think it's something. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think silence is a real thing or do you think it's the absence of thing? So... First of all, there's another quote that I love about silence. It's by Rumi, and he said, silence is the language of God. Everything else is just interpretation. And that speaks to me a lot, because in silence, and it doesn't have to be like an absolute silence where you block things, where you're in an isolated room, there is presence in silence. And we can also question, is there real silence? Like you asked me this question when we were talking about the silence topic before recording. And that's a very good question. Because is there real silence where we hear nothing? I think even if we go into an isolated room, 
there is still noise coming from perhaps within at least. So what do we mean by silence is another question. But when you meditate, the experience I had with silence, the most profound one is you can catch this pause between thoughts where there's no thinking, there's no noise, there's no voice, there's no questioning, there's no judgment, there's nothing to do. Like a mini pause between thought A and just before thought B appears. And that pause, to me, is the most profound silence I experience. And the most open one in the sense that I feel like from that silence or from that space, anything can emerge. Anything is possible in that moment. How much time in a day do you think you spend in silence? I think I do a lot. I'm not sure how many hours because I travel a lot. So I'm not always with my husband. And my job is mostly unless I'm coaching someone, I'm generally walking or reading or meditating or maybe writing something, taking notes, writing down ideas. So the verbal silence is very commonplace for me. And as a child, I didn't have any siblings. And I grew up away from the rest of the family. It was just my mother and me. My father passed away. And she worked day and night. So I was alone a lot. And that, I think, contributed to me being at peace with silence and also me being able to listen really deeply because there was so much of the silence and the space to listen within in a way and listen outside. So I don't know if you've ever done a silent retreat, but when I did one for a week where you weren't allowed to talk, at the end of it, I couldn't talk almost. And I realized it's really not necessary. The way we talk, the amount we talk in general, it's more like a social conditioning because we want to be nice. We want to acknowledge the other person. And it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is also a different level of acknowledgement where you make an eye contact and smile. And that's it. Even in talking, that's the one that stands out to me because, you know, doing podcasting a lot, I edit a lot of podcasts. And it's amazing when you start to edit and really listen to people talk consistently, how many times they use those filler words, even just in speech during thought, the ums and the uhs. And, the, and that's all that is, are filler words, because they're afraid that if they stop talking and add a little bit of silence, it's either going to be A, awkward, or B, the way that their mind works, the other person is going to jump in right away to fill that because you can't have that silence. 
And that was a topic that I talked about with someone on my podcast a few weeks ago. We talked about that silence and those filler words and why people do them. And it's very prevalent. You hear it so much, the ums and the uhs and the you knows. And that's just in everyday speech. So when you look at it that way, just from the way we communicate on a consistent basis in everyday speech, you think, what are their thoughts like? If you can't even have it, when we talk, there are considerable pauses along the way. When you go back and listen, we were just talking about that, about some of the past recordings and discussions we've had, you and I will pause and just stop and then collect our thoughts and go. And we do it in unison, almost like we've practiced it. We haven't, but it almost feels that way sometimes. But there's a lot of people out there that that would drive them crazy because they just don't have the, and you hear it. You hear it a lot when you listen to people talk. You hear it more in recordings because you're trained to pay more attention on a recording than you are in daily talk when you're talking to someone one-on-one. But they use a lot of ums and uhs and you knows and those types of things to fill that space, which again leads me to think, in your thoughts, are you doing the same thing? And again, that's taking it and being in that silence, taking away all of the stuff on the outside really makes you sit and focus on what is going on inside. And that can be a scary thing if you've never looked at that. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. What would you recommend to people if they're listening to this and they're like, I've never done that. I've never meditated. I would like to try it. I'm going to spend five minutes tomorrow morning and just sit in silence. And in order for them to know that some things may come up, it may be uncomfortable, it's going to be different, what would you recommend for them to, number one, prepare for that situation, and number two, to react to that situation if things happen to where they, like you said, when you were in that Uber, three or four minutes and he had to turn on some kind of music. So what advice would you give someone who's just trying this and wants to really experience it? Just welcome anything within that silence. When you sit silently, you may notice that it's not silent at all. Because you will then start hearing your own thoughts. There will be perhaps a to-do list coming up for you to do once the five minutes is over. There will be worries. There will be planning. Welcome that all. Just be aware of it. Don't push it away. And if there's any external noise or sound or voice, also welcome that. Because if you let everything through all these components and relax into it rather than fight against them, you will tap into these pauses I mentioned. You will see that the noise from upstairs or the thought that's passing by right now, there's a beginning and an end. And before the next thing comes up, there's a pause. What's that pause about? Where does it come from? And how come something emerges from that? nothingness or pause like a thought or like a feeling and one thing like I do during my workshops is to pick up an object and the simpler the better it could be just flowers or a glass and I deal with something that doesn't have any writing on it 
because that keeps our minds busy or was the text saying what font is that it's just a very basic object and set up a timer for two minutes and stare at that object just be with it and just see what comes up in you because your mind will be like it could be for example a chair you pick up like I have a chair right in front of me now and I look at it and it's dark brown it has these dark brown arms so if I were staring at it and just waiting for some thought or emotion to come up like for example the first thing that I think of well this reminds me of the chairs my grandparents had and that actually makes me smile because I liked my grandparents house and those chairs so all of a sudden I feel kind of warm and here we go it's just like we experience something just like that. You know, out of nothing, an emotion, a thought and an emotion emerged. And I could be aware of this process because I was just silently listening. I was quiet and I was watching, waiting and welcoming. And if nothing comes up, it's also fine. But eventually, within those two minutes, you will see that you go, all across the planet and come back. Because that's how our minds work. Generally, one thing reminds you of one thing and the other thing and so on and so forth. That's a great exercise. And it only takes two minutes. And so much can be accomplished in those two minutes. So many experiences, feelings, emotions, without any sound. Absolutely. And there's one more thing I would like to mention is that, like you said, when we meet someone who's really agitated and we are in a different wavelength, for example, the energy always meets somewhere in the middle. Like imagine you are going to meet a friend of yours whom you haven't seen for years, so you're really excited. This is a very dear friend. And you go there with all this excitement and enthusiasm but something bad happened to your friend on the way to this meeting point. And he's in a different zone. He's just like different mood. And automatically, the energy will kind of balance. You will say, oh, oh, what happened? You know, you will just slightly go down. And also the other person will slightly come up. Oh, this and that happened, but it's okay now. And this applies to when we have this inner silence and we are okay with that. And someone is agitated. We can get a little agitated, but if we can also maintain our place, the other person would benefit from it and they will come down. Mm, that's powerful. Knowing the energy and intentionally creating the energy that you want to take into a situation is so important. I love that idea. And you know, just generally trying to carry high energy and be on that higher vibration because you never know what's going to happen, what's going to come up. And if it always kind of balances, if you can be a little bit higher than you think you need to be and just operate from that place, then even if it comes down, when you meet with someone, it's not going to go down too, too far. Right? Yeah, right. Fantastic. Well, Ela, thank you so much. I love talking about this stuff, especially silence. It's such a fascinating topic. It's something that I think we could talk about for another hour if we, if we had the time. But is there any exercise question, anything you want to leave 
listeners with? I know you already explained that exercise, but is there anything you had in mind that maybe I want to give you the time to go over? Sure. I mean, I would like to hear from our listeners and see how they manage this exercise I mentioned, because there are different levels to it. So I just gave the level one, but if anyone goes through it and shares their experience, I could guide them to the deeper levels to it and see how they get on, how they feel about it. That will be wonderful. Excellent. And I want to know what object they're using because I think that that's really interesting. (laughs) Just grab something, see who has the coolest object. But (laughs) in any case, thank you so much for everything. Again, I want to remind everyone to find us at peacefulease.com and to let us know all of that information, all that fun stuff at hello at peacefulease.com. And for Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to speaking with you next time on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.